0: Good morning, Restoration Church. Glad that you're here. Uh, At Restoration Church, uh, we are three locations. So we are in Plymouth and in Milton, all gathered together today. Fair Food Sunday uh, across the state now. So that's pretty fun. Uh, Water baptisms across every location, which is amazing. Let's put our hands together for everybody uh, taking that next step, getting water baptized today. It is a uh, it is an exciting thing when someone takes that next step and it is an important thing it is uh, an important step in in someone following Jesus and we're going to talk more about that today We want to talk about water baptism today and uh, which makes sense but we want to make sure that you are understanding why it's important because maybe you never have before. Maybe you, you know, even just today, you're making that decision. All right, I'm done fighting it. I'm going to follow Jesus for the rest of my life. I'm making that decision today. And then you're kind of like, well, now what do I do? And we want to try to help you understand why Jesus set this up and why we take this step in obedience. Now, kind of before we get into that, I want to thank Pastor Stephen. He was here in Dover, and he preached last week, and he talked about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And for you as a follow-up, you're just thinking about last week and, and thinking, and maybe even thinking like, that's something I want to pray for. A couple of things for you to do. Read your Bible, all right? Very important for you to read, read your Bible, because as you begin to read about it over and over in Scripture, depending on what your background is, your church background, or even your non-church background, if you begin to read about it in the Bible, then you'll begin, if you have any nervousness about it, you'll begin to say, okay, well, it's here all throughout Scripture. Why am I nervous? I probably don't need to be nervous. And also, if it's something you don't understand, you've never even heard of or been taught of before, as you begin to read about in the Bible, you begin to see it and open your eyes on that. Second thing is, if you never listen to our, or if you don't even know we have a Behind the Sermon podcast. On Wednesdays, we drop a podcast, and so some of our pastors and, and some of our volunteers, kind of a, a different group of speakers every week, they get together and they talk about the sermon. So this past week, uh, Pastor Stephen, Pastor Jeremy, myself, and Alisa, who's the worship leader in Plymouth, we got together and we talked about last week's message. If you haven't listened to that, that would probably be helpful for you to listen to, one, it was par- particularly funny, all right? So there's a, there's a few really good jokes in there, so you'll laugh, you'll have a good time. But two, um, Jeremy, Pastor Jeremy and Alisa talked through their story on uh, how and when they received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And so Alisa uh, was someone, she grew up in a church background that says, be very, stay away from that stuff and uh Jeremy had some experiences in another church it was like you, you know stuff you'd see in a horror movie <laughs> and so they both came to restoration church afraid of that but then have both now after many many years of being part of the church at different times in their life they both experienced that so anyway that's on the behind the sermon podcast which you can check out on Spotify or iTunes and uh You don't even have to leave a review because I'm not doing it. I'm not telling you about it for our benefit. I'm just, I want you to experience and get everything that God has for you. Well, um, next week, just in case you weren't paying attention, we are all gathering together for our next worship night. So next week, we're gathering together at the Milton location, having a worship night. And I just want to encourage you, no matter how beautiful it is out, no matter how miserable it is out, no matter what's going on in your life, make that effort to be there next Sunday night. Uh, It starts at 5 p.m. And it's just a good time. One, we get to interact with each other, but then we just just immerse ourselves in the presence of God. And so hopefully we'll get to see you all there and uh, we'll get to hang out and worship together. Now, if you've got your Bibles, we're going to be jumping around to a bunch of different verses together. So it would probably be beneficial for you to get out a pen or kind of open up your notepad as well, because you'll want to uh, take time to write these down so you can go back and read them afterward and follow and pay attention with everything that's going on. Now, I want to talk through one of the it uh, 's just here at the beginning, one of the stories of baptisms that water baptisms that happen in scripture, and it 's one that's full of miracles and sometimes if we 're familiar with the story, we forget about all the miracles that happen and it 's the story of Philip, who was an evangelist he was um, he was one of the the early church leaders, and his interaction with an Ethiopian, um, an Ethiopian leader. So he was this Ethiopian leader was someone who worked directly for the Queen of Ethiopia, and he was uh, he he was wealthy, he was educated, he was prominent, and what happened is Philip, he's minding his own business, serving Jesus, and. God speaks to him and says, I need you to go out to the desert and wait for me there and wait there. I'll give you instruction when you get there. So oftentimes we get to kind of always recognize this, that we need to obey God. We can ask why after we obey. It's the same, th- same principle for your kids. Put on your shoes. Why? <laughs> Put on your shoes. I'll tell you why after. You need to evacuate the house. Why? Well, after we are outside, I'll tell you it's on fire and there's a propane leak and we're about to explode. Like, we're we're going to obey first and then we'll answer your why questions later. Obey Jesus first, ask why later. So Philip is amazing at this. So you just read the interactions with what he does in this one, no doubt. So he goes out. We're going to think about the desert. There's, there's not, he doesn't have GPS coordinates. He doesn't have street signs. It's not like, you know, turn at the third cactus plant. He's out there in uh, in, in the desert in Israel and just going as God directs him. I'm not sure. He doesn't say specifically what happens, but if he's like, now stop here and wait. While that's happening, there's a guy from Ethiopia who's traveling. and, And so he's on a chariot. They end up crossing paths, and God says to Philip, this is the guy I want you to talk to. So Philip starts running next to the chariot, jogging, and and discovers that the Ethiopian, who's not a Jewish person, is not a Christian, is reading scripture. He's reading the scroll, the book of Isaiah, one of the books of the Bible. So I'm not sure if Philip wonders yet, (laughs) what's going on, but he begins to read, and that chapter in Isaiah is about Jesus, and it was written several hundred years before Jesus came. So finally, Philip runs up. He's like, hey, do you understand what you're reading? And the Ethiopian leader says, no, no, I have no idea. Would you like me to explain? Absolutely. So Philip jumps on the chariot, and as they're riding on the chariot, Philip begins to share Jesus with the Ethiopian. And what happens next? The Ethiopian did what many of you have done. He said, well, I believe. I believe. I believe that Jesus is God's son. I believe that he died on the cross for me. I believe that he's the fulfillment of this prophecy from the prophet Isaiah. I believe I'm a Christian. Wow. It's amazing. Philip, minding his own business, he's just over here in, in the city. God says, go out to the desert. And then what course of events did they meet in the middle of the desert? Well, God directed it all because God cares about everyone. So as they're riding, now uh, the, the Ethiopian has made his decision to follow Jesus. And then the Ethiopian says, hey, look there's some water why don't i get baptized right now and philip's like great idea so they stop the chariot they both go down into the water the philip baptizes the ethiopian in water and then the ethiopian goes on his way and philip goes back to where god has him for his next assignment a couple of things on that story one the immediacy of baptism all right and two it is a con- we just see it as a constant no matter what the circumstance no matter even if you're in the middle of the desert where to search out baptism where to search out water baptism so we're going to answer Some of those questions, but there's two misconceptions about water baptism that maybe you've had or that you have. The first is that it isn't that big of a deal. All right, it's just for here in Tover, we just got this water trough in front of us at the other locations. Um, They've got their baptismal tanks. But we just think it's not that big of a deal. And one of the reasons why in our arena of Christianity, why people might believe that is because you do not need to be baptized to be saved. And we'll talk about that more, but not every Christian church believes that. Some believe that if you're never water baptized, you'll never go to heaven. We don't believe that because we don't believe that. And because scripture doesn't teach that, then we think, well, it's an option. It's an option for me. The other thing, The other misconception, which I just mentioned, is that you cannot be saved without water baptism. And neither are true, so it's either making it not important enough or making it too important that now you have to do it to be saved. So we're gonna gonna work through this together. Why is it important that you are water baptized? Here's the first thing. When Jesus came... And, uh, and as, he, uh, as he trained his disciples, as he then took that cross all the way to Calvary, where he hung on the cross where he died, he was then buried, he then rose again, and then he spent the next, the next 40 days living on earth after his resurrection, building and preparing the church. Well, in that whole process, he established two ordinances or two ceremonies that he wants us to observe together. The first is communion, holy communion. And we do this at Restoration Church just about on a monthly basis. And this is where we have the, the cracker and we have the juice and we say, take this, do in remembrance of me. And we stop and we remember Jesus' death on the cross, and his resurrection from the grave. And this is something that every church needs to do and every Christian needs to participate in. The second ordinance, the second ceremony, and there are only two that Jesus established, is water baptism. In Matthew 28, 19, Jesus commands it. In Matthew 28, uh, 19, this is, Something in scripture known as the Great Commission at Restoration Church, we verbalize this with three words, just one more. And it says, go into all the world, make disciples, baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. It is so important. Our understanding of baptism is so important that he places it right in line with the Great Commission, which is our most important function while we're here on earth. It is our primary earthly (coughs) responsibility to share Jesus with those who do not yet know or who have never had the opportunity to believe. So let's talk through some reasons why people are not water baptized. So number one, and we've just kind of talked about it, they don't understand the importance of baptism they've never been taught and and so we're taking time today we want to make sure everybody at restoration church understands and gets it and and has that opportunity to take that step this is not just church tradition this is not just some you know symbolic um uh something symbolic we participate in but it is something that is commanded to us from the Word of God. The second reason why people are not auto baptized is because they're more committed to a church tradition than they are to the Word of God. So let me share a story from my family and kind of uh, explain this out to you. So my parents, they started following Jesus when they were in their early twenties. They had A kid or two, I think they just had one or maybe uh, uh, my older brother and and my older sister was just a baby at the time, but it was right around that time, uh, 22, 23 years old, when my dad gave his life to Jesus while at work. He had a co-worker and they worked in a welding shop and that co-worker eventually led, I believe, like 15 or 20 guys in that welding shop to Jesus, my dad being one of them. And previous to that, my family, both my mom's side and my dad's side, they were pretty much backslidden Catholics. So they didn't go to church uh, unless it was an event. Uh, They didn't participate in in Catholicism or, or Christianity at any point in their life. And so after they had been saved, now they were faced kind of with a choice. When my older brother... Was born. My parents were those backsliding Catholics, and so what did they do? They did what what Eddie, what every Catholic would do, whether you followed it or not. And they had an infant baptism for my elder brother. Now, by the time I'm born, they are fully they they they're, they they they're not following any part of of the Catholic faith. They they jumped in this Protestant side. Of Christianity. They're in that, they're living that they're going to a church like ours. I mean, as like ours could be in the 1970s, and they or when I was born, early 80s, and they are living it out every day, trying to follow Jesus, reading their Bibles, praying, worshiping, things they had never done for the previous 20 years of their life. And now They're facing, for the first time in their life, a pressure to continue the Catholic tradition. And the Catholic tradition is infant baptism, but at a Protestant church, it's not something that we practice. There's a big theological difference here. Infant baptism says, infant baptism ascribes that baptism with salvation, You must baptize your baby because if you don't, they will not be saved. If they pass away as an infant, they will not be saved. And I would encourage you, if you've grown up in that tradition, to look at Scripture over and over and over and over and over again, and you'll discover that's not in the Bible. Baptism does not bring salvation infants are not in danger of hell if they are not water baptized. That's not in scripture, but my parents are faced with this pressure. My mom's parents are giving pressure. We're Catholics. You've got to, you got to be baptized. The child's in jeopardy. All right. So there's urgent. There's, there's danger and they have to make a decision. What do we do with Nate, which is apparently is a decision they had to, asked themselves many times over the rest of my uh, rest of the, my life what do we do with him nothing except faith in Jesus Christ provides salvation nothing nothing being water baptized today does not make you saved it does not make you saved there is nothing in scripture there's one verse that we'll look at later that a lot of people use as evidence that baptism and salvation go hand in hand or are necessary, but nothing, nothing is necessary. You, a question that would be asked is, if I was baptized as an infant, should I be re-baptized? And I would communicate this, you're not getting rebaptized. They are entirely different things scripturally. If I say I love my wife and I say I love fried Oreos, they are entirely, or they should be, entirely different things. That's not, well, if I say whatever, like, you understand, I hope. They are not the same thing. So if you were not baptized after you made a personal decision to follow Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, then... You have not been water baptized according to scripture, not according to church tradition or church doctrine. When we make the decision to make Jesus Christ our Lord and our Savior, and and we make the decision to follow Him, after that decision, have you been water baptized? If you haven't, you should be. Now, Here's the third reason why people might not be water baptized, and that is because of pride. Sometimes people have gone so long without being water baptized that to get baptized now, after all of these years, it would be embarrassing maybe, or maybe it would be an admission to a long-term disobedience, or maybe it would be an admission to, I just didn't know. And um, to then get up and say, hey, I know you've known me, your whole life, but I've never done this and I need to do this, people would feel self-conscious about that or feel prideful about that. They would want to keep that a secret. Listen, Restoration Church, we celebrate you taking steps for Jesus and taking steps in in obeying Jesus. It doesn't matter how long it took you to take that step. So probably about six years ago, we had the privilege of baptizing one of the leaders in our church, Who all of a sudden had this revelation? I've never been baptized as an adult. I've never done this. I've never taken this step. And so, after following Jesus for 20 years, he came up in front of the whole church, and we had the privilege of baptizing him. No one was shaming him. No one was mocking him. We didn't hold him under a little bit longer to just make make sure he learned his lesson. Uh, He, we celebrated. It was exciting. And I was glad that I could use him as an illustration for the rest of my life. Sometimes people say, can I just do it in private? I don't want people to see me get wet. I don't want people to see me like all frazzled. um, Listen, again, this would be connected with pride. No one's going to be assessing how you look after you're water baptized. They're going to be praising God for you and with you. Take that step. Here's the fourth reason. People thought they were a Christian. So the reason why you haven't been water baptized, You were thought they thought they were Christian, but they are not. So you've never been water baptized because you're not actually a Christian. Now let's talk about this, all right? Let me, this is a good chance for you to get angry at me. So if you say, yeah, I follow Jesus, I'm a Christian, but yet you have no desire to be water baptized, There's nothing moving you to do that. There's no spirit to convict you or to compel you to obey what Jesus commanded. And we'll talk about that. It was something Jesus commanded us to do. So if Jesus has asked you to do something, but you won't do it, then are you a follower of Jesus? It's a big, important question to consider. Jesus said, and I quote, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. Water baptism is a command. If you're not willing to obey one of those core, key, honestly simple commands, then you have to question whether or not you're a Christian or you just like to hang out with other Christians. Now, take a deep breath. The tanks are set up today. (laughs) You've got your chance. Now, here's the other thing that I'll say, is I'm going to put up a QR code here, and if we're going to leave that, that's going to keep popping up here during the sermon. If you're saying, especially as we keep moving forward through this message, you know what? Even through the water baptism, you're like, okay, 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 I get it, I get it, I get it, I'm going to do it. We're going to have water baptisms again next Sunday, next Sunday, next Sunday. So if you don't have the, if you're just like, well, I need my parent here, I need my spouse here, I want to invite people, we're going to redo this again next week. So you have that opportunity, whether it's been 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, 45 years, that you're going to take that step. Or if today's the day you get saved, you have the opportunity to do this again next week. Now let's talk about some of the common Questions of water, baptism. Number one, what is baptism? So this is a ceremony of immersion in water. This is a ceremony in water in which a person is declaring their faith in Jesus and their decision to follow him. This is a big deal. In some countries, this ceremony will get you killed. In some countries, this ceremony will get you kicked out of your family. This ceremony will get you uh, assaulted in your neighborhood. If you've never been immersed in water, if you've never been water baptized through the immersion in water, do this right away. And I'll stop here for a second. If you have a um, a physical disability, that keeps you from getting in any of the tanks. We'll do the reverse immerse. And that's where we sit you on a chair in a kiddie pool. I'm trademarking that. I came up with it this morning. We're gonna, we are gonna sit you in a kiddie pool and we just put a bunch of gallons of water on you. You probably end up more wet than, than if you were in the tank. And so it's the same thing. We are immersing you. It is a public soaking showing what God has done. So a couple key scriptures on this, Mark 1, 5. Um, John the baptizer is baptizing people. And again, we see he baptized them in the Jordan River. Maybe you can't see that. John 3, 23. Um, John the baptizer, again, he's baptizing them at this certain location because there's water there. And if you get a chance, you just might need to... Uh, Highlight that, like stick a black backdrop in the future scriptures, if you get a chance. And then 8, 36 and 38, this is Philip and the Ethiopian. Ethiopian says, look, there's some water. Why can't I be baptized? He ordered the carriage to stop. They went down into the water and Philip baptized him. What is the purpose of baptism? Question number two. Baptism, why do we do this? If it doesn't mean we're saved, why do we do this? If spiritually, it doesn't, you know, why do we do this? It is because it is a public declaration of your faith. You are announcing to the world in a public way, I am a Christian. And so that's why we can't do private baptisms where you're the only one there because our faith is not meant to be private. In our moment, we decide to follow Jesus. It is an internal private thing. But then we've got to share with the world, no matter what the consequence, no matter what the cost, I'm a follower of him. Secondly, the purpose of baptism is for us to have a continuous illustration of of what has happened to you in Christ. Just like the juice and the cracker are a continuous illustration of Jesus' shed blood on the cross and his body that was broken for you, water baptism is a constant illustration of what happened to you in Christ. You were dead in your transgressions. You were dead in your sin. But just like Jesus went into the tomb and came out new, you've gone into Christ and you've come out new. The old is gone. The old has been washed away. You are a new creation. And it's declaring that to the world. During water baptisms, we invite those being water baptized to invite every friend and family member they have. And so maybe you're out of services because you've been invited. It's, it's an exciting thing to participate in for your friends and family to see what what has happened in your life, the significance of what has happened in your life. Also, it's great for them to see the church that when we water baptize, people aren't doing it because we forced them to. People aren't doing it because they're just trying one last chance to maybe get into heaven, but they're doing it because they've been changed by Jesus. And everybody who's been changed by Jesus celebrates accordingly. Yeah, Jesus He still saves, He still delivers, He still transforms, and we get to celebrate that together. Baptism illustrates my death and my resurrection into new life, and again, we're showing what happened to Jesus and what happened to us. Romans 6 says we were buried with Christ and raised again to new life. We're no longer united with Adam. Adam's first sin affected us all, but Jesus' death and resurrection from the grave affects us all. And we're celebrating that in these scriptures. Third question, do we have to be baptized to be saved? And there are, even within Protestant churches, churches that would teach that. That if you have not been water baptized as an infant or as an adult, then you are not saved. So Mark 16, 16 is the verse that I told you earlier that we would look at. And I forgot to give it to you to put on the screen. I don't know if that's possible. If not, no problem. But the the question is, the scripture says, whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. And so people use that as a key verse to say, uh, see, you have to believe and be baptized to be saved. But the key word is there is believed. It's believed because if you're water baptized and you don't believe. does that do anything for you? No. If you are, if you believe but you're not water baptized, you've still believed. You got to remember this: the thief on the cross that hung next to Jesus, and Jesus said, "I will, you will, I will be with you. Will be with me in paradise." That guy didn't be like, hey, hey, Roman soldiers, you take me down for a minute, I got to be baptized, or this is going to be null and void. No, he was saved in that moment just through his belief. A demonstration of a willingness to follow Jesus is followed by a willingness to be baptized. So again, if you say you're a follower of Jesus, but you've not been baptized, at some point, you've got to ask yourself, what are you waiting for? What are you delaying? You've got to maybe ask yourself, have I truly given my life to Jesus? Maybe you believe in him, but you've not surrendered your life to him. Luke 6.46 says, why do you call me Lord, Lord, but you do not do what I ask? Baptism does not save you, but it demonstrates your willingness to obey Jesus. Last question here, when should I be baptized? So Pastor John Lindell, he he pastors a church in, uh, in Missouri, James River Church, and he says this, delayed obedience often results in disobedience. So if God asks you to do something and you don't do it right away, that often results in disobedience. So it's not I'll get to it later. I'll get to it when it's more convenient. What happens is you end up disobeying. When should I be baptized? Right away. You've given your life to Jesus. You give your life to Jesus today. We invite you to be baptized today. If not today, next week. You gave your life to Jesus three years ago. You haven't been baptized. We invite you to do it today or next week. Put that, put that QR code back up there for me. Do it today or next week. There is a immediacy to baptism that is over and over in scripture that God wants us to do. Be saved and baptized right away, quick, together, as fast as you can. What happens in our life if we disobey God? What happens in our life if we disobey Him or we delay obedience in any area of our life? We end up, over time, is a diminished experience of God's blessing to delay in obeying God is going to diminish over time God's ability to bless you. And you may have been water baptized, but maybe there's another area of your life that you're disobeying in. In in purity, in giving, in sharing testimony, in praying, in um, using a spiritual gift, You're delaying obedience in any one of those areas. What happens? God now is diminished His ability to bless you in those areas. Think of it this year. Every year you don't tithe is a year of blessing lost. Every year you don't save for retirement is a year of compound interest lost. We have to think through just he tells me to do it, I'm going to do it. When he asks me to do something, I'm going to do it. You don't need to take a class. You don't need to understand it. You don't need to feel like doing it. Obeying Jesus is just about obeying Jesus. When he asks you to do something, you do it. You don't say, I feel, I feel like doing it later, Jesus, or I want to understand it more, Jesus. You do what he asks you to do When he asks you to do it again, there's nothing in scripture that says we need to understand all the theological implications of baptism in order to be baptized. That's why at some of our locations today, we have children who are being water baptized because they're able to say, I have given my life to Jesus. And so we allow them to be baptized because that is the only requirement in scripture. Now, we got to understand, again, baptism is not about your experience, but it is powerful for many people. But even if it's not powerful, even if you're just, the only thing you you just feel a little bit cold after, it is a moment of obedience. It is about your obedience, not about your experience. So as soon as you're saved, you should be baptized. And again, let's look at these scriptures, Acts 16, 33. So even at that hour of the night, the jailer cared cared for them. So Paul and Silas, we just talked about the scripture not very long ago. They're in, uh, this is after they um, delivered that slave girl, all right? So they're thrown in jail. This is right after that story that we talked about a couple weeks ago. So the jailer gets saved. He gives his life to Jesus there in that jail cell. They all leave the jail cell in the middle of the night and we're baptized. They're in jail. Paul and Silas have been beaten very badly. And Paul and Silas aren't like, guys, let's wait until tomorrow. Really, we're tired. We need to sleep. We got a long day ahead of us. Guys, I'm kind of hurting. The jailer's not like, well, I don't want to bother my family by waking them up. Also, I'm, I'm in the middle of work right now. I got to... No, immediately in the middle of the night at an inopportune time with inopportune circumstances... They were water baptized. The urgency of baptism, again, is something to see. In Acts 18.8, Crispus, the leader of the synagogue, so this is a Jewish man, he and everyone in his household believed in Jesus. Belief first. We believe in Jesus. We're giving him our life. Then he and everyone in his household, they were baptized. And the ESV version says they were, they were uh, yeah, they were baptized. And in Acts 19, 2 through 5, this is Paul. He comes across some people who have heard the message of Jesus. He's traveling. He found some people that heard the message of Jesus. His first question that he asked them, the very first question he asked was a question Stephen asked last week. Where, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? He asked them, and they replied, no, they don't know about spirit baptism, which we talked to you about last week. And uh, we haven't even heard that there is a Holy Spirit, which is probably common for many people who were in church last week. They said, then what baptism did you experience? He asked, and they replied, they received the baptism of John. And so then Paul says, Paul's realizing, wait, they've heard about Jesus, but they've but they've only received the baptism of John. So they received the water baptism as an adult. Then they came to follow Jesus later. And so what does Paul describe here? John, go go back to that verse. John's baptism is called for repentance of sin. But John himself told the people to believe in the one who would later come, meaning Jesus, next verse. As soon as they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. They received the water baptism from Jesus' cousin, John, And it was his cousin. I'm not making a joke. They received a baptism from his cousin, John. But they had never been water baptized after they had decided to follow Jesus. And they believed in Jesus as Lord and as God. Here's what we're going to do today. We are going to celebrate a bunch of people at all our locations who are obeying Jesus. They made a decision to follow him. They've given him their life, they've been saved by him, and now they're taking that next step of water baptism. If we get to the end of our time now, the end of our message today, and you want to be water baptized today, you can. Just walk up, just stand in line. At any of our locations, come up and stand in line. We welcome you to do that. If you want to scan this QR code And be water baptized next week so you can bring your friends and your family with you. We celebrate that. If you say you followed Jesus, but you've never been water baptized, you need to do this today or next week. Today or next week, make that step to say, all right, Jesus, I'm following you. And if you say, I'm going to follow Jesus, but there's something I will not do, then you have to be careful of being a living, breathing meatloaf song to say, I'll do anything for love. I'll do anything for you, Jesus, but I, but I won't do that. I, water baptism, I'm not going to do that. You've got to recognize that and say, okay, that's it. I'm obeying. No questions asked. No matter how nervous I am, I'm doing it. I'm obeying. I invite the bands forward. I'm going to close in prayer. When I'm done praying, location, pastors and directors, take over service and let's celebrate some baptisms. Jesus, we love you. And today, as we take part in one of the ordinances you set up, up, this is a worshipful time. We're going to have fun. We are celebrating that you are alive, that you still change lives. You deliver us from our sin, from our past you set forward for us a new future and an eternity with you and your Father and the Holy Spirit forever. Jesus, we love you. We thank you for salvation. We thank you for the forgiveness of sins. And we thank you for the new life we have in you. And we pray this in Jesus' name, amen.